What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Hawk's Nest. I'm your host, Riley Fien, and as always, I am joined by my dude, my co-host, the man on the keys, Matty Will. Welcome back to the show. What's up, buddy? Let's get this going. Okay, Matty, uh, you got a beef that you want to get off your chest. That's what we kind of like started this for, was like for us to have open conversations about the Seattle Seahawks. So you got a beef, get it off your chest. All right, I'm going to bring something up for you guys. So uh, we've been thinking about the offensive line lately a lot. Uh, and I was thinking about the last time Seattle did something noticeable in uh, whether it be a trade or a free agency acquisition, a big splash regarding an offensive lineman. And the only thing that really popped into my mind was when we actually got rid of our best offensive lineman in Max Unger. We dealt him to New Orleans for a first with a first-round pick for Jimmy Graham and a fourth. Now, Max Unger went on to have four solid years in New Orleans. He played every single game they had. He went on to just be a staple in their offense on the offensive line, something Seattle has kind of desperately needed for a long time, and ever since he left is something they've wanted. Now, we get Jimmy Graham. Now, Jimmy Graham coming out of New Orleans was phenomenal. He put up 16 touchdown season, 11 touchdown season, and a 10 touchdown season. He balled out in New Orleans. We thought we were getting a gem. He comes into Seattle for three years and only puts up 18 touchdowns in that time frame. First season, he's got two, six, and then he shows up a little bit at the end and puts up 10, departs, and he's never been the same. Jimmy Graham is a straight-up bum. I think we got absolutely hosed on that trade looking back. At the time, it's hard to fault the Seahawks for making never, that move. He was never the same when he broke his no. leg. No, no, he never was. You're absolutely right. That's not something to be ignored. But it's unfortunate looking back. We kind of got washed there, and I just got no love for Jimmy Graham. You just, you just wanted to get that off your, off your yeah. chest, and and I, and I appreciate that. No, I'm not a. I have the Jimmy G jersey. Um, I rocked it for a few years there, so um, it is. It is one of my favorite jerseys, but um, free agency, week one, lots to get into. Um, Maddie, we're going to start it off with the Russell Wilson trade proposal. <clears throat> A meeting ha took place between John Schneider and Ryan Pace in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, weird, right? Like Trey Lance, Dylan Radnews um, are the two, two guys down there that are really the only two, but like, do you really get a GM? Um, do you really get – does John Schneider really need to be down there for that much? Like, does he no. really need to be in there for much? No. He does. Too, so, too convenient. March 16th, Rappaport tweeted out, it was up in the air up until that day, um, which was after that meeting. Okay, so the offer got leaked. It was three firsts, one third, and then it was two, like, established players. It came out later in the week. Um, Akeem Hicks, Kyle Fuller, because Fuller was released the day after the, this got leaked. Um, Akeem Hicks was given the rights to search for a trade. Um, so whatever else happened there. Day one, free agency, no signings for the Seattle Seahawks. We lose Shaq Griffin. We lose Carlos Hyde. Um, and we basically all of us had thought we had lost Chris Carson, right? It, it really – shaped up to be that way we definitely thought we had lost uh chris carson day two puna ford two-year extension um 
Akella Weatherspoon signs a deal. We finally get on the board. Seahawks Nation on Twitter is happy as can be. Um, we're you know we're making a little bit of moves, but they're they're smarter moves. We're keeping Puna in in house. That makes room for a Jaron Reed trade. I like the move to re-sign Puna. Uh, I know you like the move to re-sign Definitely. Puna. I think I, Puna Ford tweeted it. I, I'll try and find it here. He said he wasn't even his prime yet, and I believe him. He, he, he played really well last year. He's got a really high ceiling. There's a lot of room for him to develop yet. I think the two-year deal is a really nice gesture for both of us. I think it's a team-friendly deal right now but it also allows Puna to go out and get paid in a couple years after establishing himself. Like he said, he's got to bet on himself a little bit, but I have high hopes and high expectations that that'll pan out. Puna Ford's going to be a staple on that defensive line for hopefully no a few years to come. No doubt. So we lose Shaq. We picked up Akella Weatherspoon. Fits the Seattle Seahawks cool mode. Long, yeah. rangy kind of corner. Um, I do like him. I haven't done a lot of research on him, so I'm not going to speak to to him as much. Um, I can speak to more of the big the big fellows, which we get into on day three, Maddie. Uh, day yes. three, we find out. Uh, at, sorry, at the end of day two, Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson were apparently being shopped around or being potentially released, and mm -hmm. I was banging the table, banging the table to sign one of two. Or one of three, like a man. You you runner. wanted you wanted both. You wanted Gabe Jackson. Oh. You wanted Gabe Jackson and Hudson. You wanted them both. I you wanted I it. Did. Yeah, I I don't blame you. I think I think that would have been it hurt. Me. And then and then it happened. And then Gabe Jackson gets traded to Arizona, and he gets traded in the division. Uh, the day after we uh, resigned, H Hudson got traded to Arizona. Yeah, Hudson got traded to to Arizona. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the Seahawks. Twitter at the time lost it. Like it was, it was a wrap. Like, they, yeah, I threw the table. I was so mad. I was actually, but you know what? It worked out better, right? It, Arizona spent a third round pick on Hudson. We got uh, Jackson for a fifth. Yeah, we and, get, and, and, and I believe, and I believe no, Jackson's young. We get, we get Gerald Everett first. Get Gerald Everett move happens first. Seahawks are happy because, um. I can't remember, Maddie. You got to bring up the deals because the tight end position um, was overpaid. You know, you had day one where Johnny Smith, you called it out, uh, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith being it, – it, what did you say? Well, they're trying to recreate the Gronk Aaron Hernandez combo over there. They never – They're trying never to get really – You know what? Fruition they because the well, they talk about, happened. Yeah, they talk about Seahawk football. But let's talk about Patriot football. Uh, I remember the Patriots doing very well with that whole uh, tight end tandem and sneaky little fast receivers like they've picked up in this free agency. I expect big things from Big, Be big Bill Belichick this year. Uncle Bill's not messing around. He's coming no, in. Man, that dude he's, went out he's throwing play. bills around. Yeah. He took he that, took this season personally. Yeah, the meme the memes that he was getting and the memes that. Uh, took place when he was like walking out the walk when he walked out they had the uh, wwe music playing to it and oh my god dude they had yeah. me rolling because he spent so much money he didn't give a he didn't give a shit like he just spent no. every dime they had um but we get you know we get gabe jackson we signed gerald edward 
Everett. I love those two deals. Maddie, you love – you were banging the table for Gerald Everett. You really wanted him. Um, I just think it's a good fit with Shane Waldron. Like that's a guy that's yeah. familiar with Shane Waldron's offense. We watched a little bit earlier today. We see a lot of tight end motions. I really am going to harp on the tight end position all the way through this next I season. Get, more, get back to more pro style offense, yeah. like like the 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 motions. The what you know how Alabama looked this year and how annoying their players said that their motions with Steve Sarkeesian's mm-hmm. offense. Mm-hmm. I want to get more to that Sh- yeah. short motions. Um, you know, move things, get the fullback involved. You know, when Mike, remember when we had Michael Robinson, yep. you know, back in the day, you know, back like day. just saying, like we, we need to get more of that back in the uh, back in the fold here. And I look forward to that. We got big, big fellas, big yeah. fellas. Let's bring this, let's bring this back here a little bit, Riley. Yeah. So we got the tight end market. So we pick up Gerald Everett on a one-year deal worth six milli. Yep. Okay. John o. Smith is getting paid 12 a year average. So is Hunter Henry. New England has $24 million a year. I, I hate to say it. John o. Smith. I mean, I've watched, I did watch some Titans games, Maddie. We are, I am a yeah. fan of Derek. I love the Titans. I'm a big fan of a lot of guys on that team. Um, John o. Smith didn't like, I hate to say it, but he, I feel like he's a little bit overrated. He's definitely Ooh. overpaid. Um, Hunter definitely Henry, overpaid. another guy, another guy. Is he the body of work? Has he has he done? Hunter Henry can't stay healthy. Yeah. I think Hunter so, Henry. That's why Gerald but, Everett for me is like a steal. Like, look at I, I agree, dude. An absolute steal. I mean, Gronk isn't much more, but Gronk, like Kyle Rudolph, old, old 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 you know what i mean gerald everett is 27 years old he's a big athletic dude he's exciting when he catches the ball his he i think he had one of the top three yaks of all tight ends like he's he's an athlete he's a big dude i think he's gonna fit our offense very well and especially like what you're saying if we bring in more of a pro style offense a lot of motions a lot of confusing things gerald everett's gonna be a big piece Okay, I expect so him to we, be our number one tight end. Hundred percent. I, I I expect him to be the number one tight end in Seattle. I really hope he elevates to that, and then we sign him to a, a kind of a future deal. So, yeah. Maddie, I'm gonna ba- I'm gonna bang this off. We we kind of wrap it up. Gerald Everett, Gabe Jackson, Twitter loses it. We're excited. Seattle, you know, Seahawks are super happy, um, and we're like, you know, we Russ, we've done some things. Like, look, everyone's like, look, shiny things, super happy. Like, hey, look, yeah. Things. Are happening. Okay, Russ gets up in the a- in the, in the morning. He's doing something. It's uh, I don't. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I have no idea what the first part of the uh, video meant. It was some sort of video about flag football and Seattle oh. and whatever. I don't. I don't even yeah. get. And at the end, we hear it. It happens when everyone, the media, and everybody was losing their mind and they were upset. No, we get to hear it. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. And Russ is back. And, and Russ is back. So Seattle Seahawks fans, like we called it last week, we called it last week, Maddie. Russ isn't going anywhere. Russ, Russ ain't going anywhere. But you know what? No, Russ man, we called, that, we, called this, uh, we called this when it started. We called it when yep. it started. Yep. We, we, recovered, we, we covered it a little bit last week. Seattle's going to listen to these offers. I mean, like – 
you think you think Chicago didn't hear Russ's tweet or media or his uh, whatever you want to call it his interview and uh, go well damn we're gonna get on the phone and see what Seattle wants from of course Seattle's gonna pick up the phone and listen but that does not mean that Russell Wilson was really that close and they and, and Seattle and and John Schneider and Pete Carroll have never been ones to like come out and address the media and be like Russ is our guy yeah. and like no they've That's never true. been those guys they Russ needs to know they're. The, 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 this whole unit just is together. That's it. Okay. Russ is back. We're happy. We resigned. This, man, this man is back. This man is in the building. It, Gabe Jackson right? in the building. Gabe I Jackson. think this is this, this was the piece that put everybody at ease. Yeah. I'm opinion. not going to lie. Gerald it, Everett, it, 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 Witherspoon, all those signings were really cool. They're pieces that we needed, but this was the one that I think, put Seattle fans in a place of calm. We were allowed to take a deep breath. Seattle has appeased Russell Wilson. They've gone out and done something. Now, no complaining when we have, what, three picks in the draft? What do we have, a, a two, a four, and a seven or something like that? No, no yeah, complaining. A two, a two, a four, and a seven. I think that's all we have. We have the yeah. lowest amount of picks going into the NFL draft this year. Um, but we sign, we, we get Gabe Jackson. Okay. Gerald Everett. Well, then I think the next big move would be, uh, Mr. Ethan Posick coming back on a one-year deal. And I know you spent a lot of time, uh, reviewing this guy. Uh, I think you should maybe get into him a little bit. Uh, Ethan Posick is back, re-signed on a... One year, $3 million contract. I'm super excited about it. Um, I watched a lot of tape on him. Um, I, maybe not a lot of tape. I don't know. I, I saw some people hating on him. And then I saw a graphic. Uh, the Hawks Nest Twitter account posted it with the two PFF, um, uh, two PFF pictures with David Andrews and Ethan Posick. And I was like, you know what? Like, dude, the the two are very eerily similar players. They honestly are. Um, but Posick's younger and has played the center position for less amount of time. So, for for me, honestly, I think he fits the scheme that Shane Waldron wants to go on. Um, so he I, had fewer downs played. Yeah, uh, he had they, fewer, I, they were the same played. the same amount of sacks allowed and same amount of penalties. So I'm talking about his difference between the first time he played center. So I don't think he's actually gotten a fair shot because he's kind of been all over the place. He kind of got hurt. Um, his rookie year, he um, played center. And then his second year, we moved Britt in there. And then Postick was playing guard, but he was playing that swing guard. So he was playing both sides. Didn't under fully get it. And a I think a revolving, like a bit of a – revolving door with their offensive linemen moving positions around. And it's hard to get a guy situated. Yeah, he was getting consistent reps. And then he no. flips over to um, – and then he was playing center, and then um, all of a sudden he got hurt and then missed a, a, a large portion of the his third year of his contract, fourth year. But last year, he finally gets center. Um, he's in his normal – he's in a position that he's comfortable in, but he switches it up, and then he switches up his uh, stance – it looks yeah. like he switched up the way he snaps the ball. Um, 
And I'm looking he at that. I'm like, that's it. That, he looks a lot more comfortable. And then I watch more film on him. And, dude, he doesn't look that bad. It's The plays are there, and I think he's just getting more comfortable with how the way he's going to snap, the way he's getting the way he's getting out of certain positions, um, the way he wants to move. And he's super athletic, but he's a big dude. We have two big maulers now. We're going to have Gabe Jackson playing one side, and you're going to have Damian Lewis talking about um, Damian Lewis on the right side. And when I talk offensive linemen, I'm trying to dumb it down uh, the best I can to, to, to make it, you know, sound good for everybody. But at the same time, you've got those two big maulers. You've got two guys that are over 330. Those are big, big dudes. So you're going to power run, um, and you can move them. But you got Posick in the middle, who's athletic. So he gets to the second level, and on the stretcher, the, the stretch plays um, that they like to run. So what I saw that Posick was actually good at was getting to the second level um, out of out of the zone plays. So a lot of the time when the Seahawks are running these zone plays, um, they're trying to get a double at, at the at the front point of the the zone, and then they're trying to scoop it to the second level, whether it be the guard or whether it be the center. But most of the time it was most of the time it was Posick that was getting up to the second level, and it was. It was good. It was better that way because Damian Lewis and uh, Mike Ayupati at times were j- they're just big body maulers, and that's what we needed. But the thing that sh- we struggled with in the second half of the season that Posick did was he w- just wasn't getting to the second level um, that as easy before. He was getting like caught up, or they were putting a nose over him. So they were kind of playing games with him. I haven't watched the playoff game. I should have watched that. That could have been indicative of maybe why we got our butts kicked in that game um, because they were disruptive in that week 17 game when they played against him. It wasn't his greatest tape. Was Mike really was Mike playing. Potty playing that game? I can't remember. In the playoff game? In week I, 17. In week 17, yes, he was. Uh, no, was he? he wasn't. It was uh, Simmons. That's so right. it, it so I think when you have like Mikey Potty at the left side there, like correct me if I'm wrong, when you mention you have those two big maulers on each side of the center, I would imagine that they garner some attention. So you really have to put yourself in a defensive position to attack that. And that maybe gives Posick a little bit more freedom to kind of set up for that second level. Now, when you don't have that big body to the left of Posick, maybe he needs to stay back and help out a little bit more. And putting that nose over top of him, that left guard isn't big enough or good enough to step up and kind of get in the way. I think the lack of stability in the offensive line this year and over the past few years has, and you kind of mentioned it with Posick not getting very many reps at center, I think that has played a bigger role into why we don't see as much development there. Excuse me, but they make a really good point. Um, Those two big dudes, man. Those are such big dudes. Ethan Postic, 6'6". Do you know how how well he moves for 6'6", for someone that's 6'6"? I showed you, we kind of touched on this, and it was kind of cool because we did a film breakdown. We were kind of talking about maybe we'll do this for um, the actual YouTube channel. We don't know. We're going to try it out. Maybe if you guys like it. We'll see, but we we actually watched 
film today on Ethan Posick. What did you, what did you think in the things that I saw? You know, it's just somebody who is maybe doesn't know exactly as much as I do uh, about, about the offensive line position because I kind of talked to you about that. And then I said, okay, so what do you think? How was that play? And then you kind of gave me your feedback. So what do you think about him from your perspective? I think I saw a guy that knows his strengths and his weaknesses. He didn't try and bully dudes that are bigger than him. Yeah, he's 6'6", but he's kind of a – not lanky. He's a big dude. Don't get me wrong. He's over 300 pounds. Like, he's a unit. But he's but not he's a, a – softer 6'6". Like, he's, yeah, you know, he's, like he's, he's a, more of a finesse guy. That's right. He's uh, he, he relies on his speed and I think a lot of technique. And from what I saw, a lot of intelligence. I think his awareness, his self-awareness, and like I said, knowing his strengths and weaknesses puts him in a position to be successful – I saw him use leverage to wall bigger guys off and create those running lanes for guys. And that is what we kind of need. And when we're running a zone scheme, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys to get pushed out of the way, use their momentum against them and open up holes. Now, when he's got that flexibility and he doesn't have a guy. Hey, you ready for this? Yeah. I love where you're going. You love where you're going. Okay. All that happens. All that happens, Seattle Seahawks fans. Oh, just before we uh, get into that. Oh. Fully loaded chew. Use promo code HAWK15 below 15% off. Correct, Matty? I believe so, sir. Right. Tobacco-free. It's better for you. Honestly, it's a safer alternative than actually using chewing tobacco. Um, I've made the switch. I've been on it for like a couple years now, and it's awesome. Honestly, hey, and, it's, and, and for all the Canadians out there, this is going to be a big, big seller. It is much changer. cheaper. So shout out to right. fully loaded too. But so yeah. let's uh, let's talk. I kind of I kind of pushed it there at the start. Um, creating running lanes. Yeah, okay. All right. Fine. Take words out of my mouth. Hold on. So we, we started off, we said we didn't want to pay Chris Carson. Not that we didn't want Chris Carson back, okay? I just didn't want to pay, you I'm know, Jack. eight figures a year for him. This contract, bro, Chris Carson coming back on a three-year deal, averaging seven a year. Yes, please. This is the best Let's running go. back acquisition we could have made this offseason. John I Snyder. don't care. Back at it again, baby. Let's go. Just brilliant. Just brilliant, John Schneider. I love it. Okay. Love the cap it. hits, all that stuff. I mean, the more that comes out about the contract and all the numbers, I'm still learning. Trust me, I'm going to get there. But it's it's there, dude. It looks it's, good. It looks like a team-friendly nice. deal. Let's go. We got CC back in the backfield. And guess what else we're going to add to that, Maddie? Guess what, what else? What you got? Do you know who was behind scenes? Who was behind mm. the scenes pushing for Chris Carson to come back? Do you know who that was? Tell me. Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson was pushing for uh, Chris Carson to come back. He was pushing for um, the re-signing of him. And all of a sudden we're hearing more, Russell Wilson wants to do this. And Russell Wilson wants to do that. And then Okay, we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about Russell Wilson wants to do this, Russell Wilson wants to do that. Well, Russell Wilson wants this. Russell Russell Wilson, Wilson wants Antonio Brown in the building. He brought it up last year. He's bringing it up this year. That's interesting. We need a number three option. 
does. Antonio okay, hold on. Brown. Hold on. Just right off the rip. Antonio Brown or Golden Tate? Oh my God, you, that's a lot of that's a controversial two number eighty ones. Just FYI. yeah, buddy. Do we just does Golden Tate want to also come into town and play like Russell? Well, AB's already worked with Russell Wilson at his house in Team Three. Like, mm -hmm. can we have? A, I only want one of the two. Oh my God, can we not like let's let's not do the whole cluster mess of that we're not going to no. do that we're not going to sign both but ab could be a re a really good team friendly deal i think golden tate is another team friendly deal i think russ wants a number three vet but i think he sees seahawks twitter and jake heaps sees a little bit of seahawks twitter so i heard oh sorry who is that who is that someone someone likes to call it yeah if Jake Heap says it, Russell Wilson thinks it. That Jake's tweeting it, so he's talking about now. We saw KJ Wright is in is being pushed for now. KJ Wright, um, but but Jake's talking about two restructures, and he's talking about Bobby getting a restructure, mm -hmm. and that's going to save twelve. And I think this, I think it is another one that's. Um, Russ, Russ is a restructure too, and they're saying move that around because that means – but it just puts the Seahawks in a long-term situation. But we don't do this often, and I actually got into a conversation with um, Brody Henderson uh, about this, and I was like, but the Seahawks, don't, the Seahawks don't do this often. And this is actually a good conversation I actually had with him. It was just kind of an interaction that went back and forth, um, and it was kind of cool. To, to be able to do something like that. He's talking about um, the, you know, the cap and, and how if you do these restructures, it pushes it into the future and it makes it a little bit harder to navigate things later on, like the Saints and stuff like that. But it doesn't seem like these are guys that are going to be around for a little bit that we believe, right? So why are we worried about making those huge dives well especially with, with especially with bobby right but i think bobby's got a good th three more seasons of being a pro bowl player at the least or at that caliber you know what i mean whether he gets the vote or not it's always a debate but Bob, bobby's gonna i think bobby has three more really good years in him so why can't we restructure him for another three that makes it a little bit more friendly like we're talking a 17 million dollar cap hit this upcoming season Almost 10% okay, so of our cap. That's crazy for a middle can linebacker. Can you see that? Can you yeah, see I can that bring right? that up. Let me pop that up yeah. for you guys here. So I've just got the Seahawks cap open here. So we got Russell Wilson sitting at 70%, 17% of our salary cap. And then Bobby down at number two. Tyler Lockett is another name. And Jaron Reed. These are four guys that have been actively spoken about this offseason, especially on Hawks Nest. Russell Wilson, Bobby. There's got to be a restructure there. They're guys we want to see. In my opinion, they are the the cornerstone of our offense and our defense. They need to stay. We'll, we'll talk about a restructure with Bobby and Russell, right? However that works out. Tyler Lockett and Jaron Reed, to me, have to be – Jaron Reed, I think we, need, we should be shopping actively. We've both said this. He needs to be – we need to be pursuing a trade involving Jaron Reed. Tyler Lockett, I think we should be listening to phone calls.
I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I want to put it out there for the Twittersphere. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about the Orlando Brown being brought up in a lot of trade rumors right now. Um, they're talking about an Allen Robinson. Um, Chicago, I'm hearing that one from our, our Austin uh, from Pod Guy Fugues. Um, yep. So he was bang on with, with the names that we were talking about in that trade. Uh, I was bang on with the names that were bang on in that trade because I brought up Akimi Hicks was being shopped around in that trade and it, and it comes out later that that Seahawks deal goes ahead. But, you know, Tyler Lockett, I'm going to put it out there in the universe, maybe as a trade candidate in a deep, mm-hmm. deep wide receiver class to the yeah. Baltimore Ravens if we can make a deal work, if I think I'm maybe stretching it. I don't know if it's totally um, – Tyler Lockett for Orlando Brown um, and make something else work in there, maybe a future – um, yeah, but we know like I would honestly be even I would be comfortable seeing Tyler Lockett move on straight up for an accumulation of draft picks. If or, we could get something like a second or a third and like a, and then a later round pick like a, a fourth and a six, like something like in those ballparks, like two picks kind of spaced out between there. Yeah. So, again, um, that's the thing that you were talking about. That's right. And then like you said, it's a deep wide receiver draft class. I think we could make a push for somebody there, maybe in that second, third round. I think that allows us to even, I I mean, I don't think we need to address the offensive line early in the draft at this point, unless an absolute stud is there when we pick at 56 or if we trade for something earlier. I just, I think that gives us more freedom. I think that relinquishes a lot of cap that would allow us to bring in guys like you're talking about Carlos Dunlap, Jadavian Clowney, KJ Wright, give us that money to help make those kind of situations work. Everybody's making it work, okay? Everybody's finding a way to spend money and do things if they want to be competitive and to make it work. I, I understand what you're saying with the with the money and the restructuring and all that stuff and pushing it into the future and stuff like that. It is put it does put us in a scary position for the future. I do understand that, but I think these guys are integral and I think we are close, man. I honestly think we are close. That's the big thing. We are close to being – well, I think we are already with the team I see right now, a genuine Super Bowl contender. I think we have that potential. I think we have that star power. I think a few more moves, we are there. We need to sell out a little bit. I think that's what you're trying to say. Sell out and let's go win a chip. Let's go do this, man. Like, yeah. Come on. We're so close. I'm telling you, it's so dumb. I think the I think what you're just trying to say here is that yes, the the, the cap and the salary cap is a genuine factor in 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 your free agency, but the, it's a circus and there are ways around it and there are ways that you can structure things and they got people way smarter than you, me, and probably most of us listeners <laughs> that uh, that know what they're doing. I just it is a curious thing to know why these other teams are able to make these moves and Seattle is not. Maybe it is a long-term plan. Seattle is genuinely thinking of Seattle wants to stay competitive for decades, not seasons, you know. We don't want to have this flash in the pan kind of thing go down. And perhaps that's their motive. I don't know. But it is an interesting point to bring up that other teams still seem to find this money and Seattle is very stingy. Their motive, I, I'd like to know more, honestly. 
I'm just glad they spent the money. I can't believe we brought Chris Carson back. I think when we lost Shaq Griffin, that would that money needed to be allocated somewhere else. I don't think we were totally in that conversation for Shaq at the end of it. Um, I mean, that was a lot of money. He just got paid by Jacksonville uh, and his brother. I mean, a nice move, a genuine move by um, John Schneider and, the, and Pete Carroll to let you know, um, his brother go down to Jacksonville and sign a contract. Well, the rest there. of the team went down to Jacksonville, so why not just let his bro go with him? We got the Jacksonville Seahawks rolling with Trevor Lawrence next season. It's going to be a time. I think that's actually going to be a team to watch, to be honest with you. I think that's going to be an interesting development. It'll be the same kind of hype we saw out of Joe Burrow with the Bengals this year. Hopefully, Trevor stays healthier. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see the Jacksonville Jaguars do some do something impressive. I do think that means uh, uh, what's his name? What's his name there? Garner Minshew is going to be on the move. I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He brings a lot of energy anytime he is on a team. I would like to see him go somewhere relevant again and perhaps get an opportunity to maintain his status yeah. as a starting quarterback. I mean, you're just a part of Minshew mania and that mustache. I am. I am. That's all it we, is, we, we both got the mustaches, you know. So, Matty, uh, we get into a little thing with your, your mustache. So we're bringing in a little bit more of a um, genuine part of us. So I wanted to pose this question to you earlier in the week. I told you to think about it because I wanted to bring it up on the podcast was – your worst football oh, memory. Man. Well, I, I probably don't remember both of them or any of them, so that's a tough go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think well, I was there for both, right? Yeah, one was Alaska and then one was somewhere. The game in Alaska, like we played in Alaska. That was a cool yeah. experience. That was that a was cool experience. Okay, so the two concussions, one in Alaska, and then we had the – what was the second one? Where was that? I don't know. Oh, okay. That's Hard probably why. We did have a cool. We did have a good time in California that year. Dude, seriously, good time. We got, we got, we got murked. Oh. Absolutely destroyed. I, you know what, brother? Uh, we we were rolling in. I thought we had the size advantage. First play, we were on defense. They ran a hurry up offense, and I remember thinking in my head, my Canadian ass is not going <laughs> to be able to run a hurry up it's defense it's in California in the fucking tail end of summer. I'm already tired and sweating and out of breath. Okay. I'm not yeah. acclimated for this. It was ugly. I, I, I don't remember yeah. ever being so sore after a game. I think my calves were cramped the entire second half. It was disgusting. Yeah. It was, you count those, different. those, the, that, the, those players that play in those hot environments, that's a different breed. Give me, I'll, I'd rock 20 below, 30 below football before yes, that please. crap again. Good Lord. Good Lord. Um, I, yeah, you played both ways, but I didn't play both ways. Um, my worst football experience, Matt, I'd have never told you this story. I was actually, that's the only reason because it, uh, it kind of jogged my memory was. So we had a punishment in college um, down at Bob Moe. And we had a punishment day. Because I guess one of our one of our guys got I'm not gonna bring up the name I'm not gonna do anything I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. Somebody rolled a red uh, a stop sign on campus and got pulled over by campus PD. Our coach, um, former Pittsburgh Steeler John Banizak. So Coach B gets gets word and we find out um, that that the reign of terror. So we get this this punishment and it's like four o'clock in the morning. So it was freezing. Not only that, it's like windy as all hell up on the top of the mountain that we play up on. And our coach is like, 
yell at us to say, like, put your outside gear on. And we're like, what? So we, I guess we, we suited up, we go outside, we run it around. Thank God I wore um, sweats. Like, and I still, so Matt, we were doing inches, like, oh, I don't know what they're called, dude, but it was like every five yard line, we were doing army crawls or we had to do bear crawls or yeah. we had to do lobster crawls. Oh my God, dude, it was a nightmare. Like I'm talking dude's hands that weren't wearing gloves. Like we didn't know what we were prepared for. Like I'm talking dude's hands were bad. I'm talking this was this was, this was bad. It was cold out, bro. It was like we uh, and we were standing in the like the showers, bro. It things hurt like it it, it you couldn't move. You just couldn't get warm. Couldn't get warm. It, it was impossible. It was the absolute worst memory of football I ever had. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, and bro, I'm telling you right now, the guys that, the guys that fucked up, the guys that screwed up, yeah, they were apologizing like the entire. We had to do, we had to do, um, what are they called? Uh, the rolls down the whole like field, you yeah, had to barrel roll the whole field, yeah. and then you had to like hold a partner up with you know wh- uh, wheelbarrow holes and like, oh, oh dude, it was. They would do wall sits in the freaking snow, like it was ridiculous. It oh, was a nightmare. Oh, for the rolling stop or a blown trip. Oh my! I don't oh. remember exactly. Honestly, I learned the le- like we learned the lesson. The lesson oh. was learned, Coach B. If you're God, oh my God, Coach B. I, I remember that one forever. Um, it, I was not there for the event that transpired, but um, yeah, it was a weekend. It was just one of those. Damn, Coach it was late. Not coach playing. B is a uh, doesn't play around. He's uh so wherever Coach B is at, um, shout out to him because he's he's awesome. Uh, but that's my worst football memory. Um, but I think that's gonna do it for us today, Matt. Um, yeah. From Foxness, I think I really like this episode. I'm really excited where we're going with with the Seahawks. A lot of names to watch out for. Watch for the restructures. Pete Carroll, John Schneider are going to make some moves uh, for the draft, so watch out for that. So watch for trades. Uh, we got Jaron Reed, Tyler Lockett, Maddie, and I got those kind of names. So watch out for those guys. Um, but thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Make sure you guys comment, subscribe, like. Um, whatever you guys are doing, we, we really appreciate it. We really love it. Um, One Bone, our new sponsor, use their promo code uh, HAWKS15 when you order today. Uh, that's big and tall selection apparel. It's it's awesome stuff, Maddie. You just said you just ordered. I'm gonna work yeah. on getting mine. Hey, and like one thing about the big and tall, like you don't just gotta be big. There's a lot of tall, skinny dudes out there, like myself. I never thought that the big and tall selections sure. would apply to me. You know, it just never never dawns on a guy. But that extra length in the sleeves, that long inseam, there's a there's a fit for everybody. Uh, don't sell yourself short hit it up they do they have a ton of selection they have a ton of sizes um i saw a rumor that they're working on pants dude when they get loungewear i haven't found a pair of sweatpants that fit me in years i cannot Mm -hmm. wait to order them to get sweatpants the new shirts they just came out with are really nice i have seen really good reviews on that so they're a new canadian um big and tall apparel um and get on it right now use code hawks 15 to Mm -hmm. save 15 percent off your next order um, Let's go and that about wraps up, wraps up our shout outs and everything like that, Maddie. Um, 
I'm really excited where we're going with Hawks Nest. Let's yes, go. Sir. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, go Hawks. As always from Hawks Nest.